into our sermon today, and we're so glad to have our visitors. Thank you here. We really thank you from our heart. Our ministry is reaching out around the world. We have television ministry reaching out into 52 nations, uh, majority of them in Africa. They are telling me they are now beaming into Canada. We are also reaching the whole of Nigeria on cable. That's this little church. Because we want to reach people, not to be on television. We want to reach people for God and lives are being reached. Amen. Let's go. Let's say this with from, from the heart to our God. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned. That I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Please be seated. You're welcome today. Today I want to, on this uh, resurrection morning, as we celebrate the Lord Jesus Christ all over the world, people are celebrating. This is the greatest day that the world has ever known. The day that we are celebrating today. You know, this morning I woke up and the Lord was reminding me. I, I mean, if you remember this, that this, uh, is it a little step, this little step by man or something? The one in man? Small step from a man and then one giant leap for mankind. I said, wow, the whole world celebrated it. But look, we got something bigger than that. When Jesus died, eternal death for those who will believe in him died. Eternal death was taken away. Jesus' death is the greatest event that the world has ever known. The reason why we don't lock into it, we don't know the implications and the benefits that God has given to us because Jesus died on the cross. It struck me so hard when I heard this. The day God died. Because many don't realize that that same Jesus that we're talking about is not about a religion. That was God himself. God came to live with us. His name Emmanuel. God himself, this, that same God that created all things. I think it's stupid to think there is no God. I mean, you've got to be crazy to think everything that you see came by accident. That, that doesn't make sense. How come when you sleep and you're dreaming and you're running in your sleep in your dream and you still sweat? How do you explain that? In your dream, you're running, and then you wake up sweating. Because you are a spirit being. There is a God. But that same God died on the cross for me. There's nothing bigger than that. What brought him here for me, just because of his love for us. The greatest event, in fact... You cannot be a Christian unless you believe Jesus rose from the dead. You cannot experience the power of God in your life unless you believe Jesus rose from the dead. 
The day you believe and confess that, nobody has to tell you anything, whether through dream or vision or through word. You know deep inside of you, you have been connected with your maker. There's nothing bigger than that. He was God's special gift to us. John chapter 3 verse 16, scripture all of us know. He said, Jesus himself was telling us this. Because he came from the Father. And he knew his worth to mankind. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave. In other words, Jesus was a gift for us. Jesus is your gift. Wrapped in human flesh. From God, from the very presence of God. And that's because of God's love. For God so loved the world. And that's not the trees of the world or the cause of the world. But you, a human being, He knows you just the way you are. Because you proceeded from His being. You have His DNA. You came directly from Him. He knows you more than you know yourself. Because He created you. You can never hide from His presence. He knows you personally, intimately. He knows you. But God gave Jesus as a gift for you. He is my own personal gift. Question is, have you, have you received your gift? Have you received the gift God gave to you? If you don't receive this gift, you will never know the reason for living. You will never know the reason for life. He is that special gift. For mankind. You know, today I can tell you what that gift has done for me. Born in Africa, where we worship idols. They don't worship here in idols, but they worship at Wall Street, you know. They don't worship idols here. Yes, Wall Street is the idol. Yes. But we worship idols. I grew up with that kind of thing. And then I found out about the Savior, Jesus Christ, who died for me. He was new to our community. Christianity then was so new. As a little boy, none of you suffered that. I was made to go to places where they, uh, they worship idols. They carved these idols and, and they set them up made of wood. And they make us, my parents, my mother and the rest of us, and our friends, they'll bow down to this idol. And I'm looking at this uh, arrow that, and they call that thing God. And I'm looking at that stuff and I'm saying, that can't be God, that's a piece of wood. <laughs> and sure don't look like God, he has a crooked nose. How can he save me? He can't even move. <laughs> Why are we praying to him? And that's a piece of wood. Are these adults nuts? So I was a kid. You're talking to a piece of wood, he doesn't even answer. How can that be God? But I love the sacrifice and the meat that came from it. And I ate it real good. And waited for the next time. Not the, not the worship of the idol, but the meat was good. We celebrated. But later I found out about this Jesus. And how he had died for us. It was so new. People getting saved and living for God. God transforming their lives. 
They become new creatures. A crazy fellow in my city. Young man who smoked dope. We knew him. Wicked fellow. He got saved. And now he was preaching. And everybody was going to listen to him. And then, you can't listen to him. That's a dope smoker. But now he was transformed. And you can tell from his countenance the power that was coming out of his life. Changing young, young people's lives. And I thought to myself, I need that. Hey, I, I wish I can become a Christian. And then I became one. I have to share this with you. I have seen the power of God. The power of His resurrection. And I got to share it this morning. I'm kind of going away from my message, but I got to share this. Because that's what God has done for me. Don't make any boast about it. But it's true. You can go back to Africa today and you still have living people that will testify to this. But when I got saved, it was new to us. When Jesus said, blessed are they who are persecuted for righteousness sake. I said, who is going to persecute a person for going to church? Well, they did it to me. They didn't like it. It confused me. It made the Bible so true to me. That my own family now turned against me because I was going to church. They were trying to stop me from going to church. And I couldn't understand it. At a stage, I came back from work. And a policeman was standing right by my door. And I saw I moved. And he walked up to me and said, you are under arrest. I said, for what? The family had decided, we'll take him to the police boss in the city to threaten him, stop him from going to church. I thought, why? I didn't realize that these Bible things, these are not just words. These things really happen. That your family, your worst enemies can be from your own household, according to what Jesus said. It really made the Bible so true to me. And, but the more they came after me, the more resolved I was to go after this God because I knew by their actions, they proved that He is risen. I knew that. I knew that. And I'm telling you the truth. Before long, they, they, they had some kind of a voodoo doctor. We feared voodoo doctors. If you are from Africa, yes, we fear them. They do some strange things. And they look strange as well. They really look strange. Crazy people in my mind. But the Africans, we fear them. They're called witch doctors. They are also witches, you know. But in town, they, they had... Uh, 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 this witch doctor that was, uh, he kept digging out, digging uh, uh, all kinds of holes in town and bringing out fresh parts. And nobody knew those parts were there. And it was like a miracle worker in town. And everybody in town talked about it. And I thought, wow, there is a witch doctor in town. Everybody was scared. If he points his finger at you and says, that's a witch, you're in real trouble. And so they, they, my, my parents started, my mother especially, and my brothers, they started saying, he's lost his mind. <laughs> he's crazy. They start rumors about you. I didn't understand it. As even while I was home, I was sharing with my older sister, you couldn't stop this thing. People were saying, he's lost his mind. Because he goes to, I said, all I'm doing is going to church. Why are they troubling me and trying to stop me from going to church? Jesus is alive. He's real. The enemy saw me today. He, I'm, I'm sure God maybe have opened his eyes. Today, because of that, yeah, I'm in the United States. Proclaiming God's word. And he was going to stop me by all means. 
They took me out by force. And I had to because it was daily threats coming from people that I witnessed to about Jesus, their parents. It was constant fights. But then they took me to a village and, and uh, to that witch doctor. I thought it was the witch doctor they were talking about. And took me to a witch doctor uh, to, to, to cast the spell, this Jesus spell that is making him go to church often, take it out of him. Remove it. And I knew that the witch doctor had no power because I got the greater one in me. I was not afraid. I went to the witch doctor's house willingly. I was glad that was an opportunity for me to witness to a witch doctor. That was a good thing. And as soon as I sat down, young man, sat down, I looked at him. I said, "Uh, witch doctor, before you do your portions on me, let me preach to you first. And after I'm through with my message, you can do whatever you want to do. My mind, I thought he had some arrows there. I will go to sleep and wake up in the night while he's sleeping and break the hands of his arrow. And in the next day when he sees, what did this, this kid did that, he will, then we'll fight. I said, tell your God to deal with me. But there was nothing like that. I sat down and I looked at him. I said, look, sir. You, you have more problems than I have. You, you, you have more problems. You need help. I said, now listen. I know my mother has paid you to do this stuff. Uh, your potions, you know. But listen to me. Let me tell you about this Jesus. I said, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. My wife found out about this crazy stuff after I got married. It had been long. But I never told her anything like that had happened to me. And she was standing somewhere. And somebody said, one of those boys got married. And Angela said, Angela, listen. Because she didn't know them very well from a different place. And Angela drew drew close to hear what they were saying. She said, which of those boys? I know all of them. I don't know this one you're talking about. She said, one of those boys got married. Which one? I know all of them. He said, oh, don't you remember the one that that used to go to church a lot? I one said, oh, that one that used to be insane. And Angela was hearing it. Crazy man. And as soon as I came out, Angela said, I've got to talk to you. <laughs> this is serious business. Because that's what everybody thought in those days. Now they've changed their tone. Because they've seen what God has made out of my life. Following Jesus. But... I told the man, I preached to him. After I preached, I got through preaching. I said, now, go ahead and uh, do your potions on me. He was looking at me. I said, hurry, because I got to go back to the city. It's a village. You don't have electricity. I'm not going to stay here. Hurry this stuff, your voodoo stuff. He was looking at me like that. So I went out to do a little witnessing. Since he won't accept Jesus, maybe somebody else in the village will accept Jesus. And I went out. And they grabbed me and put me in chains and chained one of my legs to the floor, to the wall. I may not tell you this end of my story, but by the next day, he didn't have a piece of chain on my body. God had shown up that night. My mother was laughing so hard. I told the story in Nigeria. I can't tell the story now. But the chains were broken. 
Don't make me anything bigger than anybody. But God showed up. The same Jesus showed up in that room. And the next day, the wish doctor was happy to get rid of me from his compound. Get this boy out of here. That's how I started my Christian life. Because, because he is risen. Jesus is risen. Lawrence, my brother who just passed away, he will always remind me. He said, brother, I'm thankful that you didn't buckle when we were persecuting you. And because of you, we are now believers. We now serve God. We are grateful God has called you to this work. What am I saying? This is the greatest day that God's given to us. Jesus died for you. He died so you can have relationship, everlasting relationship with his father. He was the only one that had that intimate relationship with him. And God didn't like that. God wanted you. God wanted you. God wanted you. Don't run away. Come back to him. Come back to him. He's the greatest gift God's ever given to man. There can be no greater gift. That's why Jesus told us, for God so loved the world. He gave. He gave his son. I think the judgment day is going to be so severe because God gave you a gift and you rejected it. You're going to live your own life the way you want it. And even though his son suffered so much and took so much pain, Acts chapter 20 says that was the blood of God. The blood of God. He says, feed the sheep of God which God purchased with his own blood. That was God's blood for you. And you rejected it. It won't be fun. If you don't believe there is a God, that's one thing. But if there is a God, you will have to look at look him face to face one day. Look into his eyes. And him questioning you. Why did you reject my love? Why did you reject the sacrifice my son paid? You thought that was a game? Why did you do that? Why did you not accept it? There's a story in uh, John chapter 4. Jesus and the woman at the well. This woman came at about 12 o'clock in the afternoon. The woman generally would go about 8 o'clock or so to fetch water from the well. But she was so bad in her, in her own life. The Bible tell, tells us that she'd been married five times. Now she figured, I've tried five of them. Married, it didn't work. I'm going to try this one for a while. I'm not going to tie the knot right now. So she had that one in her, in her house. And everybody, I'm sure, in the whole village, small village. I've lived in a small village, so I know. Everybody knows the other person's business. Everyone talked about her, and she didn't want to be out with them. So she came at 12 o'clock, and here was Jesus sitting at the well. And a Jew, she was a Samaritan woman. Samaritan woman. The Jews don't have anything. They don't want to have anything to do with them. They figured they were too low, infidel, not people of God. And they, they knew it. The Samaritans knew. They don't talk to us. They ignore us. And so when she got to the well, she ignored him because she knew he's a Jew. He's going to ignore me. So I'm not going there. 
just came to get water. And she was getting water, and she had the shock of her life. Jesus said, give me to drink. I need you to give me something to drink, water to drink. He didn't say water, he says, give me to drink. And she's like shocked. How is it? Not about water. You are a Jew, and you are a Jewish man. You look like a rabbi, and you are talking to me, a woman, not just a woman, a Samaritan woman. What's going on here? And Jesus said to her, if you knew the gift of God, if you knew the gift of God, and the one who is talking to you now, you would have instead asked from him, and he would have given you living water. Living water. Today, I want to let you know that Jesus is still asking you, today if you're here, he's asking you, give me to drink. He's not just asking for water. Give me your life. Life, water. Life, water. No life without water, right? Jesus said, give me to drink. I need your life. Give me that life. Who created water? He did. He says, give me to drink. I need to drink. What kind of water in our life? What are we going to give to him? For him to drink? What's in that water? Sins. Full of sin. Bitterness. Brokenness. Abuse. Sadness. Physical abuse. Sometimes sexual abuse. And sometimes from people that you really care about. Your life's broken. That's the life he's saying, give me to drink. You're frustrated about life. You don't feel good about yourself. Jesus says, give me. Let me drink that. Let me drink that. Some people are still holding on to their bitter life. Hopelessness. Nowhere to go. You don't even like yourself. But you're still holding on to that life. And Jesus says, give me to drink. You're giving him something bitter. He wants to give you something sweet. Because he told her, if you knew the gift from God, that special gift, if you knew the one, this gift for God's soul of the world, he gave. If you knew who was the one talking to you, you would have changed the topic. I'm, I'll give, let me give you living water. Living water. So your hopelessness is torn, filled with hope for the future. A relationship with God that will last forever. A closeness to your maker. Now you're given the right to even eat from the tree of life and live forever. That's what God's offering to us. A faith in yourself. A love for your fellow man. Now you can trust people. Even though you've been hurt in the past. Now everything has changed. 
My wife tells me, you're too trusting sometimes. Because it's in there. You can now trust because of the beautiful water that he wants to give to us. Now, you can read this in Matthew, just before Jesus went to the cross. Look at what it says. It says this. Again, a second time, he went away and prayed. That's Matthew chapter 26, verse 42. He went again and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if this cup cannot pass away from me, unless what? I drink it. Give me to drink. That's a bitter, that's a bitter cup. That's a bitter cup. He was so revolting, Jesus was even praying to his father, can we find another way so I don't drink this water coming from them? Can we find another way? But he says, it's your will. I came to do your will. It's your will that I drink this cup. And Jesus said, unless, let me drink it. And he drank it. And paid an awesome price for us. The mockery. The pulling of his beard. Isaiah 50 tells us that. The beatings. That was the cup. So that your sorrows and your pain, my pain and my sorrows, can be taken away. And all God is asking for, and go back to that scripture, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that what? Just believe it. Just believe it and accept it. You won't perish. You have eternal life. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 14. Paul says, But love constrains us. For the love of Christ compels us. Because we have just this. If one died, all died. Second Corinthians five fourteen. It's right there. If one died, but it says, For the love of Christ compels us. It was the same love that compelled Jesus. He couldn't go back from it. Because God is love. And when a man is love-owned, love-controlled, love-motivated, he'll never shrink from any sacrifice. Love and selfishness. Jesus gave it all for us that we may have life and have it more abundantly. Notice what he said. Greater love than this has no man, than for a man to lay down his life. He was not just a man. That was God himself. For his friends. For his friends. No greater love. Many of us parents, you know how painful it feels when you really love a child and you've invested and they go away and don't want anything to do with you? 
Many parents cry. I did everything. I loved that boy. Still loves this boy. But he don't want anything to do with me. He and his wife won't even call on Christmas. You know how painful it is? Everybody is having a fun time. But you are unhappy. Because your son that you invested everything. You cleaned them. You took care of them. You gave. You sacrificed. Stayed up late working. So that they can have a better life. Now they are up. But they care nothing about you. I won't even call. You are in the hospital. They don't come. They don't even call. How painful that will be. What about what God did for us? You won't even talk to him. You won't even call on his name. You spent the, the whole 70 years that he gave to you doing your own thing. Maybe you're younger than that. You know, I need to remind you what the scripture says, especially for the young people. In Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Remember the Lord your Creator in the days of your youth. It's better to know God now. He says, before the evil days draw near, when you will say, I don't like that kind of stuff, then you're doomed. You're doomed in that case. When you're young, that's the time to turn to God. Because the time is coming when you will no longer desire that. Jesus puts it this way. He says, a man who is used to drinking old wine does not immediately desire the new. He says the old is better. And that's the way you say In other words, your eternity is sealed. But God is gracious. All things are possible to our God. It don't matter if you haven't received Him before. God can turn you into a child today. We're all children. All you need to do is in your heart, Decide, I need this God. For me, I've had the best years. Even my family that persecuted me, they now say, we, we see what God has done with your life. God's blessed them. Bless my family. Bless the kids. I feel blessed. I didn't realize it when I was going to Him. I thought, my goodness, you go to church every time? <laughs> That's all you guys do? No party and all of that stuff. What do you all do for fun? Just go to church. That's it. I thought that was going to be a boring life. This is the best life. Amen? The best life. I have family everywhere. Amen? Family everywhere. I have family in Georgia. I have people calling me from Georgia. Everywhere I have family. I can stay on the phone talking. It's the best life. I miss nothing. Somebody said, would you have a cup of beer? I said, no. Am I, you, am I suffering? Only people who are hurting drink beer. I don't drink that stuff. Am I suffering? Why are you giving me? I love this life that Jesus is giving to me. I can love I read a scripture this morning. He just shook me, and I shared it with Michael. It's, it's a scripture Jesus was praying in John 17. He said, God, I'm proclaiming your name. And this is why I'm doing it. That the love that you have for me, the love that 
God the Father has for Jesus, that that same love will be in good luck. I said, oh God, pour that same love here. To love him. Just to love God and to love my fellow man. Love is the reason for our home. If you go into a place where love doesn't exist, you might find furniture. You might even find wealth. But if the love doesn't exist there, it doesn't take too long before it feels like there's been a funeral. Or there's going to be one. You sense the presence of death. There's no joy. There's no happiness. Everyone is hiding in their little places in the dark. Because love is not there. But Jesus said he came that we might have the love of the Father dwelling in us. Love may be the most fragile thing. But it's There is no other thing in this life that has as much enduring strength like love. That's why the Bible says, love never fails. We can love him back in return today. Amen? We can love God. You have the ability. When I prayed this morning, saw that scripture, I said, God, yeah, you you found a candidate here. I'm really ready. Pour that love inside here. So I can love God and love my fellow man as well. It's a spiritual thing. It takes only God to do this. But God will not give you what you don't want. If somebody wants to go to hell, he will protect your rights to go there. It's your rights. But if you want to go to heaven, the door is open for you. You make it. I used to wonder, what do I do to make it to heaven? No, all I have to do, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. I believe in him, and I know he cannot lie. So I can conclude, I have eternal life. Listen, look at me. Eternal life is right here. Amen? I'm not bragging. I'm just saying what he said. Amen? And he cannot lie. Eternal life is right here. And you can have that today. And he loves you so dearly. The reason why you're here today is not an accident. God knew you would be here. I'm telling you this. Jesus, the Bible says, was slain from the foundation of the world. So everything that concerns Jesus is planned by the Father. And what we're doing now concerns him. He planned for you to be here today. Yes, he did. His grace is available today. And you can have him if you want it. There was a blind man that went to Jesus and he was screaming, uh, son of David, have mercy on me. Everybody knew he was blind and they're thinking, wow. He, and Jesus stopped and said, call him. And the guy came. I'm t- he just assumed Jesus will know what he wanted because everybody knew. 
But Jesus turned to him and said, what do you want me to do for you? I'm sure everybody said, oh, my God, what a question. (laughs) Everybody knows what he wants. He wants to see. No, with God, you say it from your mouth first. Give him permission. Amen? To come into your life. Jesus said, I stand at the door and I knock. If you hear my voice, you open the door, he'll come and be a part of your family. I'm glad that Jesus is a part of my family. Amen? This morning, I want to give us opportunity on this special day, day of God, for you to make your commitment. In other words, welcome Jesus into your life. John chapter 1, verse 12 says, As many as received him, he gave the power to become sons of God. If you all that God is asking is receive his son. And we're willing to do that this morning. Would you bow your heads with me today? Every one of us, bow your heads with me. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter what's going on in your life, even if there are sorrows and there are pains, abuse, whatever it is, would you give Jesus his drink today? He will exchange your drink for his drink, but you have to give him the drink. He gave that woman the drink she asked for, and her life was transformed. Jesus wants to do that for us today. He is here with us. If you're here this morning and you need Jesus in your life, maybe you made a commitment to Him in the past, but you have not truly followed with that that commitment. But you're saying, God, if you grant me grace today, I know you're here. If you will grant me grace today, God, I want to make a serious commitment to you. With your help, I'll make that serious commitment to you, and I believe you will grant me the grace to follow you all the days of my life. God wants to do that for you today. And if you're here this morning, especially for those of us who were young, this is the time. Today is the day. Now is the accepted time. Make that commitment to Him. You hear me? I will make that a count of three. One, two, three. At the count of three, you want to pray with me to accept Christ, please lift your hand up. Let's do that to honor his name. Here we go. One, two, three. Now lift up your hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. I thank you. I see that hand. Thank God for your sincerity. Thank God. You know, I believe that the Spirit of God is right now at work. Just as you raise your hand, God's at work. Tell yourself, God, if you will help me, I will follow you. I want you to transform my life. I want you to change my life. God wants to do that for us. Amen. God wants to do that for us. God wants to do that for us. I see those hands. God bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless your family. Thank you, Lord. Especially for those that have lifted their hands. And for every one of us. Because we all need Him. Let's all call on Him today. Because the Bible says... As many as call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Even if you didn't lift your hand up, but something inside of you says, He's telling you, I know I need Him. Say this prayer with me and mean it from your heart. And instantly, the Spirit of God will begin to work in you. I know that without a doubt. Because Scripture cannot lie. God watches over His Word to perform it. So, would you all pray with me? Say this, mean it, especially those that lifted up their hands. Say with me, Lord God, 
Thank you for sending your gift, the Lord Jesus, into our world, into my world. Father, thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you for the the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the resurrection. I believe in the Lord Jesus. I believe that He is the Son of God. I believe that He is the Savior of my life. Lord Jesus, this very day and this very hour, I accept You into my life as my Lord and my Savior. Thank You, Lord. Write my name in your book of life. On, the, on that day, I want to see you face to face. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.